Amen. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you all. It's good to be with you. And greetings from everybody in Sedgley. Ooh, magical bells. No, it's good. So, tonight I want to talk to you about something that we all go through. And that's the bad days. We all have really bad days. We all have rough days. We all have days when we struggle to cope, when we struggle to be who we're meant to be. So for instance, there's this one guy in the Bible called Elijah, and he had an amazing day. Like literally, he had the most amazing day, because sometimes it's not even a bad day. Sometimes it can just be a bad hour that we have. So he had this amazing day where he called down fire from heaven. He stood up against 900 false prophets and against a whole country that was worshiping the wrong gods. And he said, no, you've got to worship this God. And he called down fire from heaven. Not only that, there had been a drought in the land for three years because he had prayed and it stopped raining for three years. And after three years, he prayed, God, let it rain again after calling down fire from heaven, and then it started to rain. So he started to run back to, um, back to the city to get cover, and he ran faster than a chariot, which is pretty awesome. So that's probably about 25, 30 mile an hour he was running, and that was obviously a big distance. So he'd done all this, and one woman turned to him and says, I'm going to kill you, and he ran off scared. He ran off absolutely petrified because one person turned around and said, I don't like what you did, so you're going to die. Yeah, so we all have bad days. Even in the midst of all the good that's happening, sometimes we've got bad moments. There's another guy who actually, he was Elijah's um, predecessor. He followed on. Not predecessor, postdecessor. Yeah. Successor, that's it. So Elisha's, Elisha was his name. And this guy obviously had a bad attitude problem because there was a bunch of kids one day started calling him Baldy. They were calling him Baldy, Baldy, Baldy. So what would you do if somebody calls you a name? Usually you retaliate, yeah? You say, cool. Well, Elisha didn't say that. Now, Elisha is supposed to be a man of God. He's supposed to be someone who reflects who God is. He's, he's what you call a prophet. So what did this man, man of God, this prophet do? He prayed that God would send a bear to kill the kids. And the bears come out of the woods and killed the kids. Well, killed some of them. Now, you see, killed 42 kids just because somebody called you baldy, that's a bad day. There's another guy called Jonah. And that's who we're going to look at tonight. Now, he had many, many failures. He had many, many things that were wrong. And he heard through God, that God wanted him to go to this town called Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was basically where the scum of the earth were. It was where the worst people were. And then they just really disrespected God. They hated God. And this was common knowledge. Everybody knew this. And God turned to them and said, turned to Jonah and said, I've got a word for them. I'm going to give it to you. So can you go and tell them the word that I give you? And he just, he just went, no way. I don't want to do that. Why would I want to go to them, God? I know who they are. I don't think they deserve what you're going to give them. So what did he do? He went, you know what? Instead of listening to you, God, I'm going to, I'm going to not listen. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to do the opposite of what you want. You want me to go that direction? I'm going that way. So he jumped on a boat, started going across the boat, 
and then this storm kicked up. Now, this was a special storm because all these, um, all these sailors that were on the boat, all these guys who were running the boat, they just went, there's something different about this storm. This storm has been sent by God. And, and they all pleaded, whoever, you know, you know, everybody in this boat, call out to your gods. Call out to your gods because we're going to die here. We know that this is, this is a storm of, stor- of all storms. So what they did is they worked out that, you know what, it's actually you, Jonah. You're the problem. So what did, they, what, did, what did Jonah say? Jonah said, you know what, just throw me overboard. Just kill me. Kill me now. Because at least if you kill me, I know God will stop the storm. So he was willing to die just because he knew he had disrespected God and he knew he was not doing what God wanted. So they threw him overboard. He's just sitting there bobbing about in the water thinking, I'm going to die. I'm in the middle of the sea. I have no chance. And then a fish swallows him. A big giant fish swallows him. So he's in this fish and he's not dead. And he's in the stomach of this fish for three days and three nights. And eventually he comes to his senses and he goes, okay, God, I'm listening. And God said, go to to Nineveh. I've got a message for them. So what happens? The fish comes along to this beach and spits them out onto this beach. So I don't know what you think, but in the stomachs, there's usually a thing called acid. And the acid is there to break down basically all the stuff that you're not meant to do. And it's been proven that in some fish, there's some fish that humans can actually live with, so the acid won't kill them. But what it does is it bleaches their skin white and also it removes all their hair. So Jonah most likely was thrown up onto this beach, bleached white and hairless. So he looked like a complete freak after, after being in this. And he goes to Nineveh and he, he tells them, God sent me to tell you, repent. Turn away from all the wrong things you're doing and follow me. So he went, and do you know what the worst thing was? In Jonah's eyes, they listened. They actually listened. And Jonah's, Jonah's sitting there going, I do not believe this. You know what, I've come to bring you a message. I've come, I've shared a message from God that I don't want you to listen to. Jonah didn't want him to listen to, because as we look through Jonah chapter 4 and read the passage, we'll see that he he didn't want it. And the thing is, in our lives sometimes, God gives us messages for people around us. God gives us messages for things that we walk into, for things that we see in life, and we don't like confronting it. We don't want to do that because we sometimes don't think they're worthy of the message. And it's really, really hard. So that person that you can't forgive, that person that you struggle to get along with, that person that bullies you or judges you or tries to make you do things you don't want to do, it's really hard for them, especially if God gives you something for them or if God wants you to pray for them, whether pray one-on-one with them or actually just pray for them from a distance. It's really hard to do that sometimes because you just go, I... I can't do that, God. I, I, I'm, in essence, you're thinking, I know better because I don't want them to know. And why should I forgive them for what they've done to me? If, do you know what they've done to me, God? That's a complete injustice. And so many, so many injustices in our lives sometimes stop us from doing what God wants us to do. So in chapter four, it starts with, but Jonah, but to Jonah, 
this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. The people turned to God, and the people actually accepted God's forgiveness. But the Jonah, he was like, this is injustice, because I knew you're a forgiving God. That's what he said. He prayed to the Lord. Imagine saying this to God. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried, that's what I tried to do by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew you were a gracious God and a compassionate God. You're slow to anger and you're abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Imagine saying this to God, that you know what, you didn't want them people to know God's forgiveness because you knew God forgave. You knew God loves. You know God's thing. And you're just like, you know what, kill me now. Kill me now. I don't know how many times, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you've been messaging people or whatever, and you're just like, KMN, you know, because you're just like, you know, my word, this is just so stupid. You know, and that's in essence what he's saying. God, you're so stupid. Why did you forgive them? You know what they've done against you. You know that they've not been right. You know, and he just goes, I knew this would happen. So what, you know, what's this about God? Seriously, I don't, I don't get it. You know, that's why I didn't want to come. I didn't want to come because I knew you were going to forgive them. It's so, it's so easy to get into that place sometimes when you look around you, when you look and see all the things that have went wrong, all the things that can go wrong and will go wrong. So for instance, you hear in the news about a murderer that gets let off, you know, or pedophiles that get let out with, you know, with good behavior and stuff like that. They get out really early from sentences or something. You see somebody who's just completely hopeless and they're sitting on the brew, they can't do anything, you know, and you know what, you just feel like, you know what, they're just getting everything handed to them. But whereas I'm out working every hour of the day, I'm trying to do everything I can. Or maybe you're sitting at home and you, you can't work and you're injured and you're like, oh, I can't believe that person who could go out and work just won't. You know, I wish I had the energy to even, you know, face the day. You know, sometimes we judge others by a bar that we sometimes create in our minds by sometimes, you know, decisions that we make about people before we even really know them or walk with them. Or sometimes we do actually know them and that's why we judge them more harshly because we actually think that we know everything about them. You know, and sometimes we're just like, you know what, kill me now because why would I want to live in a world like this? Why do I want to live in a world when I know what I know about different people, about even myself sometimes? Because sometimes we're the harshest judges on ourselves. Sometimes we blame ourselves for every single little thing that can go wrong, even though most of it's not in our control. It's really hard sometimes. But you know what? God saved this whole city from destruction. He, cho he chose to save them. Even though this was an injustice to the man of God, the man he was supposed to be sharing God's message, you know, so... Even if you have a message for people and you think it's complete injustice, you know what, he shared it anyway and God saved them anyway and he struggled with it. You know what, sometimes it just doesn't sit right with us. And there's, there's a phrase that people get away with blue murder sometimes. And sometimes you don't feel like there's justice being done with the way people get off. But the thing is, God's actually full of people getting away with blue murder because he wants to forgive. He's gracious and compassionate. God's slow to anger, and he won't actually destroy people when you set a foot out of line. He wants to show grace and mercy. You know, and this is what God replied to him. He's just like, okay, kill me now, because I knew you were going to forgive them. 
And he goes, is it right for you to be angry? And I think that's what God wants to present us with tonight. Whatever's coming against you, whatever you feel like you're fighting against in this world, whatever you feel like is winding you up, that relationship that's broke down, you know, right through to, you know, like a real injustice about some murder or something, something happening against, you know, someone. You know what, God wants to say, is it right for you to be angry? And God asked him that simple question, and it doesn't say if Jonah replied or not. It, doesn't, it didn't write it down in the passage. So what did Jonah do? So Jonah had gone out, and he sat down at the place at the east of the city, and he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. In other words, he's still expecting the judgment from God. He's still expecting them to be destroyed because he's in that place of, this is, this is just. It's just if you get destroyed by God. Even if you turn around and say, sorry, it's just that you get destroyed. And then God provided for him a leafy plant and he made it grow up over Jonah to give shade to his head and to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. God's gonna teach him a lesson here. God provided something nice for him. He, he made him comfortable and he made him happy. He made him content. And he just sort of goes, look, this is what I, I'm providing for you here. Even though you're in a bad place, I'm providing for you. But at dawn the next day, God then provided a worm. It's chew, it chewed through the plant and it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Or in other words, kill me now. This man's just got a death wish. Everything that goes wrong, the slightest little thing. Now what had Jonah done to receive this plant? Nothing. God took it away. And it's the worst thing in the world. You know, and this is the tune that we sometimes go through in our lives. We just, we don't deal with the small things sometimes. And then, you know, it become massive. The smallest things can be so uncomfortable. Especially once we get a little bit of comfort. We all have our comfort zones, the things that we like. You're allowed to talk to me about this, but if you talk to me about this, no way. You know, you're, you're allowed to talk to me about God loving me, but me actually having a responsibility back towards God? Ooh, don't tell me that. You know, you know, you're allowed to tell me that Jesus died for me? That's a beautiful thing. You know what, Jesus dying for me? But you know what? The fact that I have to then choose to follow him every single day, I don't want to hear that. You know, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm not allowed to go and fight that person because they said something about me? You know, it's really, really hard sometimes. Or maybe there's injustices which are just, they've took over your life and you're just going, I can't forgive. I can't forgive that. That was wrong. It was wrong of them to do that to me. So God asked him the same question. In verse eight, it said, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? I wish it was dead. He said, I've given up hope on all things changing. Sometimes you give up hope on all things in your life changing. You don't want things to change within your life because you've got a comfort zone and you don't want to move outside the comfort zone to where God's taking you. 
It's really, really hard. Sometimes you feel like I've got the right to be annoyed. So you give me this little bit of comfort and then you took it away. I've got a news flash for you. God didn't send Jesus down to this earth to die to make you comfortable. I heard a brilliant quote once and that God doesn't want you to put your safety and your security above your significance. So if you want this safe life, don't follow Jesus. That's the truth. If you want this secure, uh, if you want this secure little bubble that nothing will ever influence, uh, nothing ever go wrong, you can't follow Jesus because Jesus is going to tell you to do the ridiculous things. Jesus is going to get you to walk up to a stranger and say the most ridiculous quote that you can think of. But you know what? That will actually transform their life. You know, Jesus will get you to walk up to a lame man and pray that his, um, his arm that's just withered away will grow and it will grow in the name of Jesus. That's how ridiculous it can be. It's not about comfortableness. If you think you're going to be comfortable the rest of your life, you, you're not going to be if you try and follow Jesus. And that's what this plant is about. This plant is about a, a safe zone, a comfortable zone. And the thing is, if we're going to be significant, we need to get out of our comfort zones. We need to go, God, where are you going and how can I follow? Even if that's to forgiving the one person that hates us. Even if that's doing what might even be perceived as the wrong thing, which is actually maybe forgiving whenever they're not going to forgive me. You've got to forgive them because it's actually eating you up inside. The Chinese have a brilliant saying about revenge, that if you go out for revenge, dig two graves. So in other words, if you're going out to get revenge against that one person, dig yourself a grave because it's going to kill you too. And this is what the Lord said to him. But the Lord said to him, you've been concerned about this plant. Though you did not tend to it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern about the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, and also so many animals? In other words, you're so concerned about a plant and you want to see judgment on a city, so you, you got yourself a comfortable place to see judgment on a city of 120,000 people. And you're more concerned about the plant dying than you are that 120 souls were going to go to hell. And this is where the reality starts to head in with us. God addresses the core issues in our lives. He doesn't address the small issues sometimes. God wants us to grow into him. So he's going to send these plants, these comfortable areas in our lives that will grow for a very short period of time. And then they'll disappear. And you'll be like, God, I thought I had that sorted out. I thought that was it. But God's trying to teach us bigger lessons. You know, and God, want, God used the plant to teach Jonah. Because you know what? He did nothing to get receive it. And he did, no, he did nothing whenever God took it away. He couldn't do anything. So are we going to get annoyed and wind up by the things we can't control in life? Because if you're going to worry about every single detail you can't control, you're in for a hard life. Or are you going to do your best to do your best? We're all going to have bad days, but when the bad days hit, where's our focus going to be? Is our focus going to be on what God wants to do and what God wants to do through us? Or is it going to be on the issues that we've seen around us? Are we going to go through this life going, kill me now, every time something comes our way that we don't like? 
Are we going to actually look for the life behind what God's trying to do? Are we going to try and save the 120,000 souls or worry about a small little plant that brought us a bit of comfort? Maybe God doesn't want you to stay the way you are. Maybe God wants you to grow to be the man or woman that he's made you to be. Because sometimes, whenever things come our way, especially things that are challenging, things that, are, uh, that we struggle with, we, we go through it, we go through the motions so many times that we allow it to become part of us. So just because you're in the habit of doing something or just because something has happened to you and you've, you, you know, you've acted a certain way, certain way every time, doesn't mean that's who you are. It's just, that's, just, that's just a small part of what you allow yourself to be. And this is why we need to re- renew our minds. And first... Uh, is it 1 Corinthians 12, I think it is, um, talks about renewing our minds. That's why we've got to strip back our minds and just go, God, fill me anew. I can't get through it without you. God wants to make us grow and grow and grow. And the day we stop growing will be the day we get to heaven. Some things that worked yesterday in your life aren't going to work today or tomorrow because the thing is as I'm learning I've got a baby I'm bottle feeding that baby but the thing I'm not going to be bottle feeding her in two years time she's going to learn how to eat from a spoon and from a bowl and then I'll be feeding her from a spoon and a bowl and eventually we're going to teach her how to use a knife and fork and then actually learn how to use that and she'll be able to do it herself and then she'll even get to the day where she cuts up her own meat and then she starts eating her own meat that she's cut up instead of me cutting it up into pieces. And it's the same in our Christian walk. God wants us to do that. He wants us to develop. He wants us to grow in depth. So my challenge to you, just as a finish, is what's God been speaking to you about? What does God want you to grow into? What's the next step you need to take? Has God already revealed it to you? Or do you need him to reveal it to you? If you do, I'm sure you can come forward for prayer. I'm sure you can come forward and receive prayer about these issues. If there's someone you need to forgive, if there's, some, if there's a stumbling block in your way from you moving on and growing in your life, give it to God. Don't be afraid to just open yourself up to God once more because God is here crying out, just going, give yourself to me more. Allow me to walk with you. Allow me to help you grow. Because it's all about growing. Yeah, so let's just pray together just as we finish.